Hey there, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Oh, my Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. And looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I am bringing you my brief thoughts on season two of the Babysitter's Club. And when I say brief, I'm just doing a quick overview of my initial thoughts of the season two episodes, what I can remember anyway. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. I liked season two, but a part of me kind of liked season one a little better. I mean, it's interesting to see the characters become a little more developed, face different challenges this time around in season two. My thoughts on the new dawn... Uh, I mean, nothing wrong with the actress. I will say that. But, um, I just, I honestly didn't care for this new version of Dawn. She just, I don't know, just something about her just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I just, and you know, it's not the new Dawn's fault. It's just, and it's not the old actress who plays Dawn because uh, I believe she's going to be in a Marvel movie or something like that so they had to recast but it just I don't know it just seems like the first Dawn was naturally cheery and stuff whereas this other one felt semi-forced cheery a little bit and she was more kind of I don't know a little I just the way, like, some of the scenes went, especially between her and Marianne, it just kind of made me wonder, like, the old Dawn, like, the characters, I don't know. But anyway, um, so in the first episode, Christy and the Snobs, now a lot of these books I have not read. There's a bazillion Babysitter's Club books. Christy and the Snobs, of course, she is now living at Watson's because her parents are, you know, her mom and her, you know, you know, Watson, her new stepfather, have joined families. They're living at Watson. She's adjusting being in a new neighborhood. And um, I guess her mom and her go over to this kind of snobbish lady's house. And this one girl who isn't Christie's age, she's more like David Michael's age. And she kind of comes off as robotic, just in her, uh, I guess if you want to throw that off as snobbishery. But I think it's just the fact that this girl, I can't remember her name to save my life. Let's see, what's her, what's her name? Her name is Amanda, Amanda Delaney. And she... She's just misunderstood is the problem. She's not so much snobbish as the fact that she just doesn't get out around normal. No, not normal. She's She hasn't been around other kids enough to be able to learn how to appropriately, you know, be a kid. It just seems like she's more, I don't know, but um, sadly, um, Christy and, you know, her brothers, they lose their family dog, Louie. We don't see the dog. We did see it a couple times in season one. And right out the gate, I mean, 
I thought in the book on the cover, there is a picture of Christy with her dog, Louie. And I remember I took notice of her backwards hat where she had a picture of a collie on the back of it. So they, <laughs> David Michael ends up going in with, and the rest of the family to this like animal, like shelter adoption day. And he finds this adorable Bernese mountain dog puppy. And he names it after Amanda's mom, whose name I think is Sheila. And you never see that puppy again after that first episode. Like, oh, the puppy, it's so cute. Yeah, so Amanda gets on really well with David Michael. It's just she needs to be around kids her age so that way she can, you know, develop friendships and learn how to be a kid and just not be so, uh, stressed out about things. It's mainly this girl's mother's doing, really. Okay, Claudia and the New Girl is Season 2, Episode 2. Slumber Party Quiz... Actually, you know what? I didn't even read this. and I'll read the synopsis for Season 2, Episode 1, Christine the Snobs. After moving in with Watson, Christine navigates a not-so-warm neighborly welcome. The BSC helps Marianne define her post-camp relationship status. Yeah, and also, another, I did not like Amanda's mom. She was too hoity-toity with her. Elizabeth did not like her. Christy's mom, and, like, the way that uh, Amanda's mom is telling Elizabeth, like, oh, yeah, your little uh, realtor business or whatever. <laughs> it's, like, talking down to her and stuff. And then Watson has that one thing that irritated me. Because he plays tennis with the Sheila lady and I'd be like uh, if I was the wife I'd be like yeah you're not friends with her I'm sorry but no and the fact that he didn't even back her up when Elizabeth is saying well she's like talking down to me and treating me like crap so I really don't think you should uh, associate with her anymore um okay so moving on to Claudia and the new girl a slumber party quiz sparks intrigue uncertainty and an awkward beginning for Claudia and Mallory. Elsewhere, Christy learns to let go of control. Yeah, is this the one where she gets, Christy gets, like, a cold or something and has to stay in bed and, you know, she lets other people run the BS, take turns running the BSC and their ideas all kind of, like, um, some people are on board with some ideas and some are not. Like, oh, we're not doing that this week. We didn't take, uh, we didn't take notes on the meeting and all that stuff. So so-and-so said we didn't have to anymore. And just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, and one thing that stood out to me is Claudia and Mallory go on this joint babysitting job, right? And Mallory is just, she's literally all over the place. I know she's 11, but she is, like, flying high with, like, oh, my gosh, let's make cookies. Oh, my gosh, let's do this. Oh, my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And Claudia, at one point, gets up and says, Mallory, why do I feel like I'm babysitting you? And that immediately just, ugh, there is, like, ice. There is ice in that building friendship. Because, yeah, Mallory pretty much just uh, goes silent with Claudia and just very uncomfortable, which is understanding. I mean, 
Claudia just could only take so much because she's babysitting. And then you got Mallory saying, let's make cookies. Oh, can we use the oven? Is that okay? And just, it's like, whoa, girl. I kind of, I mean, I kind of was a little nervous after Claudia said, like, ooh, wow. I mean, she's not wrong. Where it's like, you're supposed to be the responsible one. You're a babysitter, Mallory. I don't think the household needs you making cookies. Especially when you're watching, you know, a baby that's under the age of two. It's just, uh, but. Yeah, also, I believe this is where we also meet. I'm trying to find the girl's name here. Ashley. She's like an internet star. And. Um, I called it right away. I called it right away as she was hanging out with Janine, coming over a lot. I'm like, I think there's more than just a friendship there. I think that there is a relationship building. So, I, I don't know if they would have put that in the books. I don't think they would have put that in the books just because the books came out in like the 80s and 90s and... Janine being a lesbian, spoiler alert, because she does admit that this girl, Ashley, is more than a friend. She's my girlfriend. I'm in love with her. Okay. So, moving on to season... I'm trying to see if there's even any reviews for any of these episodes on IMDb. And they're really... There's not... I kind of want to see what other people's... I mean, if you guys got opinions on season two, whether you like it more than season one or you don't or just your feelings on how they took the characters and it felt like new directions a little bit. They're kind of growing a little more. Season two, episode three. The BSC prepares to rule the runway as Stacy's special guest for a gala show a gala fashion show but a series of concerning symptoms challenge the glitz and glam so as you know stacy has type 1 diabetes or otherwise known as juvenile diabetes she has been picked by her doctor to be the spokes teen for juvenile diabetes for their the magazine cover and everything like that and I think these changes and just the fact that she feels like she's on top of everything with her diabetes, but then again, you know, that can change. Your symptoms can change. Your levels can, you know, go up one minute and down the next. And even though you're still taking precautions and, you know, eating when you need to and everything, the levels are, are going to be up and down. It's like when you think you got everything under control, here comes a curveball to uh, knock you out of... Uh, orbit and whatnot so yeah she gets really snippy just like I, I know what I'm doing I know how to take care of my and her blood sugar is just so so low spoiler alert at this gala that the, the doctor just is like don't worry about it I mean this is this is you know your diabetes is going to change as you get older. Your symptoms are going to, you know, and I, I live with a type 1 diabetic. He's been, he's 46. He's been a diabetic since he was 16 years old. And yet I've been married to this man for over 14 years. It wasn't until after we'd been, you know, living in our house before I started seeing 
you know, Jeremy had always had things under control, always managing his blood sugar and everything like that, always on top of stuff. But there had been instances where his blood sugar would get low and he would either start kind of laughing, kind of acting overly goofy, or he would get very irritated. Like, I was like, oh, do you need some juice? Because I will go, I would go up, I would, you know, feel his arm. Is it sweaty? Then maybe you need some juice. I'm like, oh, do you need something? He's like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? No, I don't need any juice. Just that kind of argumentativeness. Kind of like, you know, with Stacy being snippy and everything like that. And Claudia picked up on it right away. And she's immediately like, even though, I mean, us, we don't, if those of us that don't have it, we feel like, oh, just speaking of, hey, do you need something? And where the other person is going to be like, no, I don't need something. I mean, if you remember, if you've seen the movie Steel Magnolias with Julia Roberts, I saw that when I was eight. I had no idea what diabetes was. I didn't even really know anything about diabetes until I met Jeremy and his mom, who are both type 1 diabetics. So I learned a lot about that over the year of dating Jeremy and then just seeing, you know, his mom having reactions and low blood sugar and just what's the, what that's like. And, yeah, um, it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized going back and watching Steel Magnolias and seeing her... Julia Roberts' character, Shelby, having a low blood sugar attack. And Olympia Dukakis' character, um, she tells Annelle, who's new, because she's like, should I get a doctor or call 911 or something? And no, she says, um, Olympia Dukakis' character tells her, like, no, she's a diabetic. It's going to be fine. And she Sally Field, who plays the mother, Malin, just jumps right out and like, honey, you need your juice. You need to take your juice. And just Shelby being argumentative, like, no, I don't need my juice. Like, no, no. It's like, no, you need to drink it. And sometimes that's, that's how the thing is. It's like the person is not really responsive. They're being very argumentative. And it's like, no, I don't need my juice. And it's to the point where sometimes you actually have to like, no, you are taking this juice. I'm forcing it down your throat kind of thing. It's scary as it sounds. Like, yeah, it's in a time where you have to really take charge of the situation. Like, you know, this person's not thinking. They they need juice, but that part of their mind is just not really being accepting of knowing that they need it. But, yeah, um, I thought, honestly... I, I like that they do have a di diabetic character. I like the, that representation now is also being put into books. I, I just think this is so important because there are kids out there that have diabetes and they want probably want to know. They want to be able to have someone they can relate to that knows what they're going through. Like a reading a character like, yeah, I know exactly what that person's going through. I'm, I've felt that before, that feeling of not being in control of your own body. And I gotta say, you know, the actress who plays Stacey does a very, very good job portraying, and, and the writer is just, I, I love it. So, let's move on to Season 2, Episode 4, Jesse and the Super Brat. 
In this episode of Passion Meets Persistence as Jessie struggles with a rough patch in her ballet career, all while signing on to babysit a pint-sized vlogging superstar. My initial reaction, just based on this title before I even watched the episode, I thought it was going to be about some kid who's a spoiled brat and everything. This kid is another kid that is just... He's an internet superstar. His dad made, his dad is pretty much his manager, getting him gigs, movie deal, TV show deal, stuff like that. And this kid is not really getting to be a kid. He's like maybe eight or nine. And Jesse realizes like this kid is just, that's his life is just going on auditions, making YouTube videos and everything like that. And uh, I thought this kid was going to be a brat. No, he's not. He's another character just like um, that uh, That girl who's just mi misunderstood until you really sit down and get to know them. It's like, does this kid really even want to do this anymore? Or is it more he's just being expected to do it? He's not having a real childhood. Jessie, on the other hand, when it comes to her ballet, turns out she was not chosen in her ballet class for this upcoming recital. She didn't get the part she wanted, so she feels she kind of wants to do something different, you know, doing, like, dance instructional videos or something on YouTube. And it's just, her mother's like, no, you can't just throw a fit just because you didn't get the part you want. You can't just up and throw this all away because of everything that we have had to sacrifice to make sure that you can get new ballet shoes, that you can get new leotards, that you can actually go and take these classes. This is what you want. So just be happy that, you know, you're part of something. Everyone expects you to do your part. Just like everyone else is there showing up and doing their part. It's a part of being a teen. So, yeah. And I like how she just opens this. Uh, the kid's name is Derek Masters, the character. And Jesse just kind of shows him, like, you can have fun and be a kid and everything too you got to make time to be able to be a kid i know you got you know this is you know more of a job for him making these videos and you got to wonder like are you even having fun with this anymore because once it stops being fun for the kid and it's more of a job it just sounds more like an obligation going back quickly to claudia and the new girl i was going to say that at the end Claudia and Mallory do pick, th they patch things up. They take the quiz, Mallory takes the quiz again, and she finds out, yeah, Claudia finds out that Mallory's an amazing story writer, and with Claudia's artwork, they can combine and make stories, which is really cool. They can collaborate together. Marianne and the Great Romance. At last, Dawn's mom and Marianne's dad decided to get Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Here. I watched these episodes. I was waiting for that. I'm like, why are they moving in with Dawn and her mom when they're not married? There is an episode where Marianne is at dinner with her dad. Dad and Shannon, I believe it is? Sharon? Sharon? Let me double check. Get her name right. Sharon. Yeah, Dawn's mom. And she's waiting for the big thing like, oh, they're finally going to get married. 
That's the thing. Like, oh, dad's finally going to propose. So why are they living with them if they're not married? You know, it's just... That's what I thought the whole big thing. Oh, they're going to get... Because they do get married in the books. And then... Well, I thought in the book... Don't Dawn and her mom move in with... Uh, Marianne and her dad. I was pretty sure. So... I just thought it was, that that was a lot of time. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought they were going to get married or decide to get married. I just, well, yeah. And also, apparently, Logan wants to be, you know, Marianne's boyfriend. He's officially asked her out. And they've realized seeing these other couples at school just are too involved with each other in their like, relationships, like, you're 12 or 13 and you're acting like you're in your, you've been married for like a decade. Kids, don't rush into relationships. You got plenty of time for that when you're out of high school. You really should be focusing on your studies. It's great to have crushes and stuff, but relationships take commitments and you need to be a kid. I mean, honest. I'm not saying don't date or anything, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, I never dated in high school, so or junior high for that matter either. But I would just like with the pressures enough of school, like adding dating to that, like. Eh. But it, it seems like at the end of the episode, because Logan takes Mary into this fancy dinner where also, or this fancy restaurant where Richard and Sharon, you know, uh, Marianne's dad and Dawn's mom, are also celebrating. Marianne <laughs> takes it upon herself because she's nervous to be alone with, with Logan and everything like that. It's like, yeah, let's make it a uh, foursome dinner. And she thinks, oh, great, they're going to propose. No, he's celebrating because of a case he won or some some project he was working on got approved or something to that effect. And, yeah, and Logan and Marianne, I think at the end of the episode, decided to just kind of be friends in a, in a way. Like, I guess the pressure of being boyfriend and girlfriend, just seeing the other couples and saying, how we don't want to be like those couples so involved with each other that we're really not leaving time for outside interests and friends and everything like that. Just, they felt it was just too much pressure to what D what is that DTR define the relationship basically. So yeah, good for them. You know, I mean, yes, the I I read that book. Logan likes Marianne and whatnot. Thought it was, you know, that's one of my favorites. Um, and I can definitely see, even without reading the books, how the show does deviate from the source material a, a bit. Um, but I just, I don't understand. I kept wondering, it's like, why are they living with them if they're not married? I don't get it. And that's what I was expecting. Even when you probably heard my, uh, my guesses and whatnot of what, when I did the trailer reaction and my own guesses and stuff and just how a lot of it I most likely got wrong. 
Uh, Dawn and the Wicked Stepsisters, Season 2, Episode 6. Worlds collide and tensions boil over when Marianne and her dad move in with Dawn and her mom. BSC plans a major party for Mallory's sister. Yeah, Marianne and Dawn, Marianne and Dawn are sharing a room. There, it's an old house that's got, like, um, a trap door in it that leads to, like, some old at, old attic. And, um, they get lot And, and Mal, pff, Mallory, Marianne is so afraid of everything. Like, oh my gosh, it's someone who's coming to, you know, rats will come out of that, uh, trap door or whatever. I don't know. And apparently she can't sleep with the light. She's going to have a, a nightlight or something like that. And Dawn's just trying to be chill. It's totally chill. Oh, I don't know why that got on my nerves. But, um, yeah, she's trying to be a good roommate and accept these things and changes about Marianne and sharing her room and her closet space and all that. They end up getting and uh locked in this trap door attic whatever scenario and dawn unleashes it felt very undawn like compared to dawn of season one where she's practically screeching at marianne saying i don't like the idea of having to share my mom with you because she walks in on Marianne and Sharon, like, hanging out, cooking in the kitchen. And then they're kind of talking about Mary. They're talking about Dawn and just kind of her little quirks and everything. Like, kind of sharing, like, yeah, you know, when she does this all the time, <laughs> it's really funny and whatnot. And Dawn doesn't like that. She reaches her boiling point. But luckily, they patch it up. They realize hey, we're going to be stepsisters one day. We need to learn to accept each other's faults and learn to, you know, to live with each other and everything. It's good to have sisters. Sisters are good. Mary and even says sisters fight. That's what they do. You know, but they're also there for each other and they support each other. And part, um, I guess the B-plot is Mallory's sister has a birthday, and the BSC, like, hey, let's throw her a birthday party, and Mallory, I'm guessing her parents, the way they make it sound like Mallory's parents really, they're not 100% well off, I mean, they, they do with what they can, but Mallory's like, I don't want you spending a lot of money, I don't want to be your charity case, I don't want you taking pity on me, and no, the girls all say, it's like, we're all friends, we're helping out. This is what friends do. You know, you're not a cherry case. We're not thinking of you as that. You know, everyone just puts their creative ideas together and just like, hey, she likes clowns, right? And circuses? Let's do a circus-themed birthday party. Season 2, Episode 7. Claudia and the Sad Goodbye. This... This was sad. This was sad. Uh... A heartbreaking turn of events redefines Claudia's life and, with loving support from her friends and family, pushes her out of her comfort zone. Claudia, after Mimi passes away, does kind of shut herself off from her emotions, avoids going home, stays with Stacy. I think she even stays maybe with Marianne and Dawn for a smidge. Like, she keeps avoiding going home. And her parents are like, that's all right, that's all right, it's okay. You know, but we are going to expect you to come home 
at some point. And, you know, Stacey's mom even kind of pushes, you know, Claudia out there. Like, you need to go home and face this. You can't keep avoiding your family forever. And, yeah, Claudia and Janine, they get into it. As, you know, Claudia's all like, Grandma loved me more than you. You didn't understand her. She got me. I got her. <laughs> you know, we just, we, you know, they, she's like, well, we have more of a special relationship than you and she did. And, yeah, and, and the fact that Cla Claudia's like, well, what is, you know, she, you know, Ashley, Janine's friend, later we find out, girlfriend, what is she doing here? She's not family. She doesn't need to be here. You know, Claudia's lashing out. And Janine takes her and says, She's not just my friend. She's my girlfriend. I'm in love with her. And the way, and I don't want to use the term robotic tone with Janine. I get that they're trying to, you know, make this character, you know, autistic or something to that effect. And I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but it's just, whether this is kind of Janine's character, she just came off kind of, I don't know whether that's due to the actress playing uh, autistic and just how she's, you know, researched autism and how to take on a character like this. But seeing her lash, lash out maybe isn't the right word, defend herself, I guess you could say. And she's she shouts at Claudia and it's like, okay, we have another emotion coming out of Janine. Thank you. Because it just feels like a lot of the time it just hurts monotone facts just spilling out of Janine's mouth. Like, she really shows, you know, no other emotion. It's just, and I don't know whether that's, you know, the actress, you know, or the, you know, the character she's playing, with, you know, she has autism or however they're defining this character. Where in the book, I thought Janine was just really, you know, snobbish and, and brainy and stuck up, really. She's always putting Claudia down and just, like, stating all these facts. Like, oh, Claudia, you're not as smart as you think you are, and this and that, and putting her down and just... Ugh. But the family comes together. Not just the family comes together in remembering Mimi. But the BSC, everyone shares their memories. I thought Mallory was a little out of sorts with the whole, oh, yeah, you're Grandma Mimi and... So-and-so's relative are dating in heaven. I'm like, okay, that's insensitive. You don't need to say that. That wasn't funny and it was completely, like, don't do that, Mallory. It's just, Mallory just seemed, I don't know what's up with her, but... I, does she have ADHD? I don't want to diagnose this character, but... It's one thing to be spontaneous and just, like, outgoing and, you know, but it's another thing to say things that are inappropriate at inappropriate times. But then again, we've all been there. I'm sure we've said something we at an inappropriate time that sounded good at the time, and then when it comes out of your mouth, it's too late to take it back. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, Mallory just feels like she comes off a little too much. I mean, if you look back at, I guess, where are the other, um, the BSC movie from 95, 
the um, BSC TV show from the 90s. This is, maybe it's just the actress's choice how to kind of bring this spontaneity out of this character. But it just kind of, she comes off as immature. Even, she is 11, I get it, but still. Like, girl, you need to calm down. In the final episode, season two, episode eight, Christy and the Baby Parade. The return of the Stony Brook Baby Parade leads to a crafty and chaotic project for the BSC and a bittersweet surprise for Christy and her family. So, apparently when Christy was a baby, she was entered in the Stony Brook Baby Parade. You know, contest. She won. Watson also, when he was little, he also won. So it's just the babies that have won this contest over the years are, you know, everyone's coming for this parade. Uh, turns out their dad, Christy and David Michael and Charlie and Sam, their biological father, supposedly is going to be in town with his new wife and their kid. So in the time that he's been away, he's gotten remarried and now he's got a kid. It's like, hey, I'm going through, you know, to visit my wife's family. Hey, can we stop by and see you all? Which really sets off an emotional tornado for all these the, the kids that were, you know, are affected by this. David Michael is really young. He really doesn't remember much about his dad. Christy just remembers just all the times that her dad has disappointed her and just not been there. And the same with uh, Charlie and Sam. It's like, no, you guys want to see him fine. But no, I just, I don't want to. And turns out at the End of the episode. I was taken by surprise with this. Props to Watson. Um, I don't know if this happens in the books. Like I said, I haven't read them all. But he loses his composure big time. Of course, the Brewers, you know, their, his, their dad. Says, oh, sorry, I ain't going to be able to make it after all. See ya. They'll stop by maybe sometime, whenever. No, no, never going to happen. Never going to happen. He loses his completely like, I can't believe this. This guy is a loser. Constantly abandoning, abandoning his family. And then he constantly disappoints his kids by saying he's going to be there and not showing up. And the whole time Elizabeth's like, honey, honey, look, look, they... they they know how to deal with this. They've dealt with it. And Watson says, yeah, that's the point. That guy doesn't deserve these kids. And he goes uh, one step further. And he's like, this is my family. I don't want to just be a conjoined family. I want to be a whole family. And he says, I got to take something. To, mm. Okay. <coughs> Sorry about that. I'm like, I to get something to drink. My mouth is dry. Um, he says, I want to adopt your kids and make them our kids because I want this to be one family, not your family and my family together, but our kids. And even, oh my God, even Marianne, she lets loose on Christy because this really hits a nerve with her. Because she does not re remember her mom. She has no memories of her mom, really. And she's just so angry. 
<coughs> with Christy's dad. The fact that he has every chance to be with you and he chooses not to. Always skipping out and saying, oh, I'll be there and not showing up. And just how can a father do that to their child? I have no memories of my mom at all. And I know that if she could, she would make it a point to be a part of every aspect of my life. Just saying, like, yeah, they all say, like, no, he does not deserve you kids. I want to be there for you. I want to be your dad, Watson says. And it just, oh, it's so sweet. This end, season ended on a good note. Um, I do like the direction. I think, honestly, I'm going to say this. <coughs> with these year-long breaks, with any show, with any show you get, well, usually shows end in May, and then, they, you know, that's the old way. You know, they premiere in September, October, right? You have, like, three, four months before a new season. With these shows, you have, what, a year? And that's a lot of time to build up in your own mind uh, <laughs> and just hype it. I think I got so hyped, which is understandable because it's a good show, that sometimes when you hype something up so much, you still are getting a semi-level of some sort of disappointment. Like, yeah, if you hype something up so much in your mind, like, it's great, I can't wait, I can't wait, and then you get there and you're like, oh, I, it's good, but, and you know, there's that but there. Like, it could be, it's good, but maybe could have been better. I don't know. I Honestly, I hope it gets a season three. I want to continue with these characters and this journey that they're on. I'm really excited for... Because I went through <coughs> the ten books, what I thought they would be covering in the series. Oh, my throat is dry. Oh, my goodness. I woke up this morning at, like, 5.30, and I felt like... Because I have milk before I go to bed, and I'm not lactose intolerant, but... It just... I woke up... I felt like I had, like, a sour stomach. Like, it just kind of, like... Because I don't sleep on my back. But sometimes I think it's like either acid reflux or something just didn't sit right with me. So I got some water and some Pepto. And it's just like, okay, I want to look. I'm going to pause this so you guys aren't like, what are you saying? Okay, so I'm looking at some of these. Okay, so we have the ghost at Dawn's house, which I'm thinking maybe that trapdoor kind of played into that a little. So it seems like we kind of kick things off with... Uh, Logan likes Marianne because season one ended with Christy's big day. And she's trying to see, um, let's see, let's see, see his mistake. Jesse's secret language, that's 16. Why aren't they going to Christy and the snobs? Okay, that was season two. Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye, that's 13. So, um, yeah, I thought. Something whether Stacy's parents not getting along, whether they're gonna get divorced and kind of go their separate ways. Um, hello, Mallory. I'm thinking maybe season three. Claudia and the new girl. Well, wait a minute. Um, Claudia and the new girl. What is this episode even about? Uh, Claudia's always been the most outrageous girl in her class until Ashley Wyeth comes along. Ashley's really different. It doesn't say anything. Okay, so that's the character's name. However, they kind of turned this episode, 
this book on its head and made this character, you know, a character to have a relationship with Janine. So that's how they kind of changed that up a little bit. Okay, um, let's see. Claudia and the Sad Goodbye. Okay, yep, that's, that's book 26. Um... Let's see here. Uh, Miller Travel Twins. Welcome back, Stacy's twenty-eight. So I guess she goes to New York and comes back. Dawn's wicked stepsister. Dawn and Marion are finally stepsisters and also roommates. When they begin to get on each other's nerves, Dawn comes up with a solution which pleases everyone. Wait, isn't there one where Dawn like goes back to California to live with her dad or something to that fact? Dawn on the coat. Christy and the Walking Disaster. I'm just kind of curious. Jesse Ramsey and the Pet Sitter. Yeah, that's another thing I was hoping for that we didn't get. We didn't get Tigger. We got this random puppy that we saw in one episode and never again. We didn't get Tigger. I was dis. I was wait. I was waiting for that moment. I was waiting for it, and it didn't happen. Ugh. Okay, so here's a book. It really isn't that different from the episode of Jesse and the Super Brat. Okay. Stony Brook has gone star crazy. Derek Masters, an eight-year-old regular on a hit TV sitcom, has moved to town. Everyone's wondering what a real-life TV star will be like. Will he drive to school in a limo? Jesse can't believe it. But even stars need babysitters, and she's a lucky club member to watch Derek Masters. Even though a lot of kids at school call Derek a spoiled brat. Jesse likes him immediately. He rides bikes and eats junk food like a normal kid, but he has exciting stories about Hollywood, too. Pretty soon, babysitting and ballet are starting to look kind of boring next to the TV scripts and cameras. Maybe Jesse would like to be a star, too. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I get why she wanted to do the YouTube thing, to be able to get her popularity out there. Okay, um, I know I'm kind of veering off. You know, that pretty much is my review of Season 2. I am looking forward to seeing... If we do get a season three and where they're going to go with the characters. Uh, just kind of looking at this book. Interesting. Okay, this is number 32 of the Babysitter's Club. Christy and the Secret of Susan. Christy's newest babysitting charge is Susan Felder, who goes away to a special school. Susan isn't like most kids. While she can play the piano and sing beautifully, she can't talk to anyone. Susan is autistic. She lives locked inside her own secret world. Christy thinks it's unfair that Susan has to be sent off to school and is treated differently from everyone else. But Christy's going to try to change that by showing everyone that Susan's a regular kid, too. Then maybe Christy's new friend can stay in Stony Brook for good. This, when did this book originally come out? This came out in 96. I honestly feel like... We're, we're making some headway nowadays, I would imagine, with kids with autism they don't have to go to special ed they don't have to you know be sent away to special schools no you can you know autistic kids can be in the mainstream schools you know with, with testing and everything like that and um i actually went to school and i did not know this too well into adulthood that I actually did go to school with a boy who was autistic and like I, I had no idea until um an old uh teacher and I were talking and she had mentioned that 
This boy was very quiet. His name was Adam. He always wore sweatshirts that had, um, like a little sailboat in the middle. And he would constantly suck his thumb. He, he talked, always talked in a whisper, very quiet, very quiet. And, um, yeah, I, I just remember, cause he was, I swear he was like a grade below me. And we would, you know, play on the slides and this and that and whatnot. And he, he was very smart. Like he knew like the presidents on, on the paper bill, you know, money bills and, you know, the coins. And he just knew all these facts. And if you just let him talk, he, he will come up, you know, and I just, I think we were in separate classes as we got older, so I didn't see him as much, but I was surprised. I had no idea. I just thought he was quiet. And it just, I think there are very, there are many different levels of autism. I don't even think levels are, I think spectrum, is that it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, now I just, for funsies, you know, looking at some of these other Babysitter's Club books. This is number 56 of the Babysitter's Club. Keep out Claudia. This book actually deals with prejudice. Why don't the Lowells want Claudia to sit for them? Claudia becomes the target of prejudice when the Babysitter's Club takes on a new client. A new client who doesn't like Claudia because she's Japanese. A, okay, a serious look at discrimination and discrimination and how it affects teens. Interesting. This book came out in 92. Okay, so one character we met that was, um, that we met in season one at the Moosehead, Moose, what, Camp Moosehead? <laughs> I can't remember that camp they went to. Uh, a friend of Stacy's from New York, Lane. Um, this book is about Stacy's ex-best friend. Stacy can't wait. Her best friend from New York, Lane Cummings, is coming to New Stony Brook for a whole week. Lane can spend a day at SMS, Stony Brook Middle School, attend club meetings, and maybe even go to the Valentine dance. But the minute Lane arrives, things don't go as planned. Lane thinks Stacy's sleepover with her friends is so childish, and she can't believe Stacy's still into babysitting. Lane's used to hanging out at high school parties. She even has a 15-year-old boyfriend. When she's 13, really. Uh, I think the parents need to jump in there and kind of pull the reins on uh, old Lane there. <laughs> Stacy doesn't want to lose her childhood friend, but Lane's growing up way too fast for Stacy is to see another friendship. Yeah, um, in the way that the book shows that Lane... Didn't she film that video of Stacy? having what looked like a seizure in the school cafeteria. Like, instead of helping her friend, she's filming a video and then posting it all over. Yeah. Or did, or did someone else do it and Lane just didn't stop it? She didn't, like, jump in and intervene. So. It's interesting. Some of these, the way that they took some of these characters from the books and kind of turned them into something different, you know, made it, different for the show they kind of yeah took it and turned it on its head a little bit like they'll include them but they're not going to include them at how you would expect them to be in the book
Here's another book, Jesse's Wish. This is Babysitter's Club number 48. When Jesse volunteers to help supervise the kids, the kids can do anything club. She meets nine-year-old Danielle. Danielle has a beautiful smile and a great sense of humor. And she has cancer. Jesse has never met anyone like Danielle before. Even though she's very sick, Danielle is courageous and hopeful. She even has two wishes. The first, of course, is to go to Disney World. The second is to graduate from elementary school. Jessie knows she has to be strong for Danielle, and so she makes a very special wish of her own. I like that they tackle these topics. This is, and this book came out in 1991. This sounds... This is um a, a spinoff of the Babysitter's Club. They had a lot of spinoffs. Mysteries, holiday edition, trips, vacations, whatever. Uh, Babysitter's Little Sister Number 4. This sounds adorable. This book actually came out in 89. Okay. I would have been the perfect age for this. Karen's Kitty Cat Club. This sounds so adorable. Karen has always been envious of her big sister Christy's Babysitter's Club. So when her best friend Hanny gets a kitten, Karen starts a kitty cat club. This sounds adorable. Who wouldn't want to join a kitty cat club? You know what I was thinking, right? Um, There is a character in the books. You might know her. She's kind of a villain of the BSC. Cokie Mason, right? It's Cokie Mason? Um, she's not been introduced into the show, and I kind of wonder if the show goes on, you know, with season three and four and five and six, we can only hope, right? Will this character be introduced? Will Tigger one day, hopefully in a season down the road, be introduced? I want Tigger. Hashtag, give me my Tigger. So... <laughs> Yeah, what's this Babysitter's Club remember? Oh, there's just, oh, that's got to be like, oh. There's so many. There is even um a book of the Babysitter's Club that deals, I believe it's with the character Claudia. Is it Claudia who deals with children she's babysitting with that have an abusive parent? Um, A couple friends of my podcast friends of mine, uh, Lauren and Becca, actually introduced me to this book. I had never even... Like I said, I haven't read all the BSC books, and there's just so many out there that I've never even heard of the titles, and I know it sounds like from cancer, you know, talking about, you know, cancer and other big topics like discrimination and just child abuse, definitely. I mean, they're babysitters. You can imagine what what would a babysitter do? What's a 13-year-old girl to do when she suspects these children are being, you know, physically, mentally, even sexually abused? Um, I know those are most likely, you know, trigger warnings for anyone out there, and I do apologize for bringing that up, um, but that stuff does exist, and the thing is, as babysitters, what do you have in your power that you can do to help? So, yeah, I am going to end the podcast here. Uh, I hope, I want to hear your thoughts, guys. I really want to hear your thoughts. Uh, hit me up uh, on the Facebook page for Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Um, also, email punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Another thing is, I know I've been kind of very lax on the Punky Brewster new show. And I've said repeatedly, I plan to get to episodes. I plan to get to more episodes. And I do. I do. The thing is, 
I've covered the first one. We have nine episodes left. And that's it. We're, at this point, we're not getting a season two. I would like to hope upon hope that one day, maybe down the road, maybe it happens. Who, who knows? But uh, until then, I really... I want to stretch it out. I want to I want to stretch it out. I don't want to be in a rush and get them all done cuz then it's like, well, what do you look forward to, right? So um I'm thinking Quinn Culkin Quinn Culkin. <laughs> no, not Quinn Culkin. <laughs> not that girl from uh the sister from the good son. No, Quinn Copeland, I believe her name is, who plays Izzy. Uh her birthday's in February. I think I'm going to do I want to I want to stick to that. I want to do making room for Izzy in honor of her birthday. Now I'm not doing that for every single episode cast member's birthday. I'm not I'm not doing that, but I think that would be a perfect time because we have enough time to be able to get in there and get that done. My main focus of course is the Full House Fuller House podcast right now. Uh, and occasionally, you know, slipping in episodes of other shows, you know, different strokes. I really want to, I want to get to that Christmas episode. I think it's from season five or six. Uh, and get that out this month while there is still time. Uh, I still have Fuller House season one, episode two, Moving Day. That's coming out on the 24th, which is Christmas Eve. And then in January, I'm doing Jesse and the Girls. I'll be covering Fogged In. Uh, three men and another baby. The devil made me do it, and we got the beat. So two Jesse and Michelle episodes, Jesse and DJ episode, Jesse and Stephanie episode. Also in January. Also in January. We have Jody Sweden's birthday, so I will be covering Is It True About Stephanie? And as I said before, uh, Marla Sokoloff, who played Gia, her birthday's this month, so it's going to be kind of a double in honor of birthday episode for both Marla Sokoloff and Jody Sweden, and, and I'll be putting that episode out in January, so look forward to that. All right, everybody. I hope you have a <clears throat> wonderful holiday season, and I'll be back with Fuller House, Season 1, Episode 2, Moving Day, on the 24th. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>